Hi, everybody. You are all very welcome back to this week's Wedding Tip Wednesday. This week, I am going to answer some of your questions that you have sent in to me. I always love to see the questions coming in, so please do keep sending them in to me on my Instagram page, which is Jenny McCarthy 8 I hope you enjoy. So guys, this podcast is brought to you by Clarence and Clarence is actually the number one luxury skincare brand in Europe. They're a French family brand who are dedicated to beauty and they're experts in skincare and makeup. This is a story of a pioneering brand born in Paris in 1954 with a mission to make life more beautiful and pass on a more beautiful planet. Their products are inspired by the science of nature using over 250 natural plant extracts, each sourced with the utmost care for the environment to protect our planet's biodiversity. Guys, I literally use Clarence products all of the time to live beautifully for myself and for my brides. So I'm delighted to have them on board. Clarence have kindly given us a competition prize to give away at the end of all of my podcasts. It's my very favourite double serum and double serum eye. You just have to listen to the end of the episode to find out how to win. Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's Wedding Tip Wednesday. This week we are going to be answering the questions that you have very kindly sent in to me. So thank you so much. I love receiving your questions and once a month on Wedding Tip Wednesday we are going to be answering them. Um, So I am going to start. Um, So I have a lovely girl called Emma uh, who is asking me, Jenny, what is the best thing to do to get ready at home or book a hotel other venue to get ready at? Um, So it's a church wedding. Look, there's a few different ways of looking at this. A lot of people like to get ready at home where they grew up, uh, surrounded by their family members, their parents, their family home. Um, because I suppose really that's, you know, like it's kind of the last time they're, they're leaving the family home as a single person. And they love that thought of getting ready at home. And there's a few things to consider if you do want to get ready at home. Um, is there enough space for everybody to get ready in your family home? Uh, I have been to all sorts of different shapes and sizes when it comes to houses and tiny kitchens and huge big kitchens. And um, you have to also think about kind of how many people are going to be getting ready. Where are you going to put the hair and the makeup people? Where are you going to be getting into your wedding dress? And when you answer all of those questions, I think that is the answer to your question. Is it okay to get ready at home? Um, Getting ready in a hotel or a venue most of the time, um, my bride or my couple, you know, if they're getting ready in a hotel or a wedding venue, they're getting, um, that's where they're having their sort of reception then later on. So it does make sense for them to be getting ready at that venue. Would I recommend that you book a particular venue uh, to get ready in a, a venue that you're not getting married in? Um Unless, say, for example, you know, your family home is is somewhere down the country and you are getting married somewhere else in the country that's too far away from um, the family home. And the hotel, you know, or the wedding venue doesn't have the facility uh, to allow you get ready there on the morning. Then it does make sense to book a different venue to get ready in. So I suppose, Emma, 
I know that's kind of a long, windy, windy way of answering your question. You need to decide what's best for you. Is your family home okay? Is there enough space for you all to get ready? Um, And would you like to be getting ready there on the morning? Would you like to have those memories of getting ready in your family home? Um, Or would you prefer to book a wedding venue? That is really um, the answer to my question. Um, Thank you, Emma. Uh, So I have Katie. Uh, Flowers, Jenny. Have no idea at all. Any tips on where to start and what I need for other family members? So look, Katie, I always speak to my couples and um, tell them to consider their budget before they start thinking about anything to do with the wedding, really. You know, even, you know, where you're going to have your wedding. Start thinking about your budget. So um, what is your budget? And like, have you decided, well, I've got a thousand euro put by for flowers. I've got 700 euro. Have I got five grand set aside for flowers? So typically the flowers that you will need are bouquets for you, the bride and for your bridesmaids and uh, buttonholes for the men. So buttonhole goes over um, on the left hand side on a man. So it's a little... um, just a flower, really, that goes onto their lapel. On the left-hand side, by the way, the flowers for the men go on the left-hand side and the flowers for the women go on the right-hand side. So let's just be clear about that. And I always sort of joke on a wedding day and go, the flowers for the women go on the right because we're always right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Katie, just to get back. So bouquet for you, bouquets for the girls, um, flowers for the boys. So who do you need to put flowers on? So you need to put a flower on your groom. Um. If your daddy is around, he'll need a flower. And um, father of the groom, if he's around, will need a flower. And any of the groomsmen, so the best men and the groomsmen, they all need flowers on the wedding day. Now, when I say they need flowers, very, very, very rarely, I'd say five times in all the times I have been photographing weddings, have I had a case where the grooms and the groomsmen don't have flowers on their lapel, but it's very, very, very rare. Um, Where else do you need flowers on the wedding day? Some people like to decorate the church and they would have sort of pew ends all the way up the aisle uh, for decoration. Um, And they might have, you know, lanterns of flowers and all that kind of malarkey around the altar. And they would have their unity candle in flowers on the altar as well. Not everyone does that. So what do you need? I mean, when it comes to your unity candles, if you're having a church ceremony or if you're having unity candles at a civil ceremony, it is sometimes nice to have flowers around them. But my son got married last June. We didn't have flowers, as far as I remember, around the unity candles. I have to double check that. But sometimes I would just see, you know, the main unity candle being the the middle wedding candle that you light when you're both married and you'll have two single unity candles. Sometimes I just see those in really nice glass candle holders. Um, So if you've got like candle holders at home that will suit your unity candles, use those. Um, Just, you know, I always sort of say this and I'm, I'm such a lover of flowers and I think they look absolutely amazing. But if your budget doesn't allow you to decorate the church and to decorate your venue. Um, have a look to see what your venue will do uh, in terms of where you're having your reception. So a lot of venues will provide some sort of um, flowers for the middle of your tables, um, which 
you know, I would I would definitely go and ask them, what is it that they provide? And if that's not enough for you and you feel you need more, we'll then have a look to see what your budget is going to be like and what you can afford uh, to put into the day. But it's not essential. And Katie, sometimes, you know, we spend stuff, we spend money on stuff that we don't need. So think about what you really want for your wedding. And if flowers is a big thing for you after the bouquets and the buttonholes and all that, um, then just decide on how much you have to spend. Okay. Thank you, Katie. So uh, I have one from Ruth here. Can you recommend a steamer? Yes, I can. For dresses for the morning of the wedding, please. Now, if I had a cent for every time I answer this question, I think I would be very rich. What steamer do I recommend? Now, I don't get commission out of this. Uh, I should really contact the company and go, hello, the reason why you're selling all those steamers is because um, I use um, a steamer at all of my weddings and it's called the Verti Steam Pro. That's V-E-R-T-I, Verti Steam Pro. And what I love about that steamer is that it, it, it comes as a steamer, you know, but it also has like a pad that goes onto, the, onto where the steam comes out. And what that pad does... Um, is it sort of protects the dress from the water that comes out of the steaming part. Um, and I can use that on any dress. I've used it on every dress. I have steamed suits. I have steamed ties for men, wedding dresses, bridesmaids dresses, mother of the groom, mother of the bride. I use it all the time. Um, and that's the steamer I recommend. I don't recommend any other steamer simply because I haven't used them. I have seen steamers being used in my studio when I'm doing big, huge commercial shoots. You know, I remember doing Dancing with the Stars there a couple of years ago. I was doing all the photography for that. And we had a stylist in and she had a steamer and I'm going, oh, geez, I need my steamer. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because she had a steamer um, and it didn't have that pad on it. Uh, and there was water coming out onto the dresses that she was steaming. And those dresses that she was steaming were probably borrowed from a supplier that would have had to go back after the shoot. So that's the steam I recommend. So I hope that's OK with, with you, Ruth. And for all of those people that have asked me what steam I use, the Verti Steam Pro. Uh, so thanks, Ruth. So uh, Katrina is asking me here, Jenny, I have three months to go. Uh, panic is setting in. What should I be doing? So you're getting married in three months. What should you be doing? I'm sure you've all of the big things picked at this stage, like obviously your venue and your your venue for your ceremony, um, your photographer, your videographer, your band for later on. Um, have you had your tasting? Have you organized your flowers? Have you gone on your hen? Don't panic. You see, the thing is, you know, when it comes to your wedding day, a lot of people panic and they start getting stressed. And I would suggest that you don't get stressed about the small things. And I know that sounds very easy coming from me because I'm in the wedding industry. and There's nothing, nothing I don't know about weddings. But to try not to get stressed. Try and remember that this day is going to be your day. You're going to be surrounded on the day with the people that you absolutely love. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going to your wedding, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and they're going to be so, so, so happy for you. So you've organized a day, the venue, they've organized their accommodation and they're going to have the best day ever. So you know, bear in mind all of the big things and the, the the bits that I've just spoken about. If they're all organized, um, you're pretty much there. I'm sure you're going for your dress fittings, foundation underwear for, for underneath your wedding dress. Don't forget to get that done <clears throat> or bought. I highly recommend Sinead Sanderson from Peaches and Cream for that. Um, the suits, you know, shoes, all those kind of things and a bag of tricks on the day. I'll talk about this for a second. I always have like a bag of tricks, I call it. <laughs> um, 
And I've also got a suitcase in my boot as well with more stuff in it. But what I would have in my camera bag on the day would be like a little bag. And I've spoken about this before. So if you haven't heard, I'm going to say it again. Um, and what do I have in it? I always have a scissors. It's my number one go-to thing on a wedding day. If I was to bring nothing else other than my camera gear, if I was to bring nothing else besides that, it would be a scissors. You will always, always need a scissors on the morning of a wedding because everyone needs one. You know, the tags that come out of your wedding dress, they need to be cut off. Um, just have a scissors on the day. Other things I have in the bag of tricks would be like a mini size deodorant, one that doesn't leave white marks underneath your arm, a spray deodorant. I always recommend a spray deodorant on the morning of a wedding because it gets rid of the sweat. Hopefully the sweat won't be there. You'll have had a shower. But I I don't like roll-ons personally. I don't like that wet, sticky feeling underneath my arm. I just like a spray just to get rid of it all. One that doesn't leave white marks. Um, other stuff that I have in the bag of tricks, like a small little thing, a hairspray, um, a comb. An awful lot of my girls have uh, Hollywood waves put into their hair. Um, so I have a comb to, to sort of brush through the hair later on in the day. Uh, plasters, double-sided sticky tape for underneath your bra or underneath your dress. Um, I would carry antihistamines, Panadol, um, small little thing of baby wipes. I have a small little thing of gel just in case I need it for the boys. I've so much in that bag of tricks, but that's my bag of tricks. Um, and that might sort of give you a little bit of inspiration as to kind of what you'd like to bring in your little bag of tricks. And all those little items that you have in the bag of tricks, you'll use them again. Um, so hopefully, Katrina, I've put you at ease and you can take a big deep breath and go, ah, I'm not stressed anymore. <laughs> Ali, um, your must-have wedding shot, wedding shot. Is it weird to steal a kiss with new hubby walking down the aisle? Absolutely not. I'd be throwing the leg over him. <laughs> You're married, you're allowed. No, don't do that. Um, you must have wedding shot. You know, I get asked questions about wedding photographs on every single Zoom call I'd say that I ever do. Um, and I also ask my couple about have they seen wedding photographs that were taken in the venue they're getting married in that they'd like to have repeated? Because I am not precious when it comes to my work and my wedding photography. If I feel that I can please my couple with, you know, by taking a photograph that they've seen that somebody else has taken. I'll, I won't replicate it, but I'll give them my version of that. Um, so a must have wedding shot, like there's loads of different elements that happen on the day, little moments that naturally unfold. And I would be sort of saying, say that to your photographer, get them to zoom into the moments that are naturally unfolding. They're the best ones. But if daddy is around on the morning of a wedding, I'm not sure he is. My daddy wasn't. It was very sad. He died when we were very young. So it is nice when dad's there. It is lovely for your dad to see you for the first time in your wedding dress. And I, I call myself a sniper on the, on the morning of a wedding because I like to just stand back. Now I organize it. I have my bride in her wedding dress and I get dad to walk into the room. I love it when he's walking into the room because I have my bride with her back to me. And I have her in my focus. Well, not in my focus, but she's to the left or to the right of the photo. And my attention is totally on daddy's expression because he has not seen her in her wedding dress before. And this moment is absolutely gold. I could actually fill an encyclopedia, a, a book um, 
of images and beautiful moments that happen between a dad and his daughter on um, the morning of a wedding. But like I said, if he's not there, like my dad wasn't, um, it could be your mum seeing you in your wedding dress for the first time. It could be the bridesmaids seeing you in your wedding dress for the first time. Um, but there's loads of lo lo other lovely moments that just are going to naturally happen. Like you're going to walk up the aisle and your other half is going to be at the top of the aisle waiting for you to arrive. I love when I am getting that shot and I always speak to my couple beforehand and just talk to them about this because some grooms like to look down um, the aisle for the entire time that the bride is walking up. And I would always say that that's fine, right? Um, but all I'm going to get now is the back of your head. And I'm sure the back of your head is nice, but that's all I'm going to get is the back of your head. And I'm, all I'm getting now is the bride's reaction. So what I do like to do is kind of focus on the person standing up at the top of the aisle um, and so the bride uh, would be walking up the aisle and I'm focusing on them and then I'll tell them to turn around and just go turn around. And then I'm focused on the bride, or, you know, I'm focused on him first or her first, whoever's standing at the top of the aisle and then get them to turn around and then I'm focused on whoever it is walking up the aisle and generally the bride. And that way I'm sort of getting the best of both worlds. You're both getting to see each other's expression and then you get the reveal. That's lovely too. Um, the ceremony will happen the way it's meant to happen and your photographer will again kind of capture everything that's going on. Um, walking back down the aisle, shots of you walking back down the aisle. Do you know what drives me mad? Um, when I have a videographer who just walks backwards as the couple are walking down the aisle and he's like, he or she is, you know, three feet away from them. And I sort of feel that's a little bit intrusive. Sorry, videographers, but I do feel that that's a bit intrusive because what I like to do is document that moment. But I feel there's nothing wrong with documenting that moment. If you run, I, I'll obviously get them just before they step down off the aisle. But I'll run down to the end of the room or the end of the aisle, the end of the church, wherever I am. And I'll zoom up with my lens and I'll capture those moments naturally unfolding because you're looking left and you're looking right and you're waving at people who are there. And those moments are lovely to, to be had if they're captured naturally. Um, when you walk out of the church or out of the ceremony, there's a lovely shot of the two of you. And I would always say, you know, when it comes to photographs, so let's just go on about photographs for a few minutes here. Sure, you're talking to a photographer here, so why not? Um, when it comes to family photographs, bridal party photographs and your couple shots, there are lots of different things to think about. I would, you know, if I have a couple who are interested in booking me for their wedding, Nine times out of ten, they would say to me, oh, we love all that kind of stuff that just kind of happens and we don't want to be posing for the day and we want time at our drinks reception. And I get all of this list of stuff that they want or that they think they want. They they know they want, but then I talk to them about how realistic all of that is. So um, when it comes to family photographs, I would say, OK, so you don't want to pose at all. That's no problem. Do you want to photograph with your mom on the day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, definitely. Oh, yeah, OK. Um, and your dad, you want to photograph your dad? Oh God, you're definitely, definitely into the camera. No problem. Yeah, no problem. That's your mum, dad. And what about your siblings? Would you like to photograph your siblings? Oh, oh God, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And would you like your mum and dad in that photo? Oh God, I'd love a family photo, would you? And what about your siblings with their partners and if they have children? Oh, absolutely. Sure, I love my sister-in-law, love my brother-in-law, my nieces and nephews, definitely. Okay, and we want your husband in that. So how many photographs is that posed into the camera now? And the same for the groom's side. Okay. What about the bridal party? Would you like a photograph with the bridesmaids? Oh, absolutely. There's another pose. And what about them individually? Oh, that'd be lovely because it'd be nice to give them that as a birthday present afterwards or for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what about the entire bridal party? So here we are posing. 
and I don't want to pose and I don't want to be posing and I want loads of time at my drinks reception. So what I would do then is come up with a plan. Um, And your shot list on your wedding day is probably one of the most important um, tips and things that, you, you know, I suppose bits of information that I can give you right now is that you do need a shot list on your wedding day. And I'm probably going to have loads of photographers going, no, I'm not talking about all the other shots that they want later on. Um, like photographs later on in the evening with you and your friends and you with your auntie and you with your uncle and you with your this. And you. you don't need a photograph with every single person at the wedding. But your family are very important. Like, for example, I had... Um, a bride say to me recently, she came into my studio with her new baba and I love to ask them, how did the rest of the wedding day go? How did it go when I went? And if you could go back, would you change anything? I love to hear that because then that's kind of information for me and it's how I can grow my business and make sure that I can please, please everyone. I'm a real pleaser. I like to make sure that everybody's happy and if they're not happy, oh God, I'm not able for that. But anyway, one of the things she did say to me was, I suppose the only photograph, Jenny, that I'm missing is just one with me and my brother. And I said, oh, just you and your brother. And I kind of knew what had happened. So I would always photograph my bride with her bridesmaids. And then I would always photograph my bride with each of her bridesmaids. Because I think that's lovely too, because they all have like individual jobs on the day. So her sisters were her bridesmaids. Uh, on the wedding day. And that's why I would have photographed her individually with the girls. So I didn't get an individual photograph of her with her brother because I wouldn't normally do that. I would normally get the couple, like say the bride, the groom, um, I'd normally get them individually with their own siblings together as a group. But I just didn't get that one with her and her brother. So if there are photographs like that, that you want, you need to tell your photographer. Um, and with your bridal party and then your couple shots. So that's the way I would always do it. I would always photograph my couple with their families. Then I would photograph my couple with their bridal party and then I would take my couple away. And the reason why I do it like that is because, you know, they have so many people around them. They're after getting, walking them down the aisle, probably doing a meet and greet at the door of the church. <laughs> I get slagged about that all the time. And then they go back to the venue and they have their family and their bridal party. And it's so lovely then to take them away for half an hour, uh, maybe 40 minutes just on their own to be together, to get some lovely photographs. And they're feeling so romantic. And this is the first opportunity that they get to give each other a hug, put the flowers down, get close, you know, and we just have so much fun um, getting those couple shots. So that's the way I do it. And it really has never failed me. The only time... um, I would sort of photograph the family last would be if I'm doing a winter wedding or it's lashing rain outside or if the elements are against me. So say, for example, in December, our son James is marrying the gorgeous Shauna next December, next year, 2024. And I will be absolutely, um, I have a lovely photographer doing their wedding, um, but I will also be giving them ideas as to sort of, you know, when to do the photographs um, where to do the photographs. The photographer will be as well. Um, but there's lots of different things to consider. <clears throat> and that is that it gets dark at that time of year very, very early. And if you've got rain on a on a December day, it's going to make the day look darker earlier. So you, there's lots of things to consider when you're um, having your photographs taken. But time is the number one um, thing you've got to consider. I mean, I would always say to my couples on a wedding day, If I could press pause on the day, I would love to, but I can't. So we have to be really strict with the time um, in advance. So we have to make a time plan for everything. Make sure you're on time walking up the aisle. 
If you're going to do a meet and greet, make sure you have time to do that. Get back to the wedding venue and make sure that everybody knows where to be for those photographs. Uh, you know, because if you get back to the wedding venue and your families start to check in and they go missing, they're sort of delaying things. Now, with me, if that happens, I go right next, we'll move on to the bridal party. Uh, so I don't kind of hang around waiting for people to arrive. And in most cases, when you don't see the bride and groom until they're announced into the room that evening for the meal, that's why it's because the photographs took so long. Somebody went missing and things were delayed because people weren't where they should be. So have a plan for your photographs. Know who you want in the photographs. Come up with a time plan and make sure it all works and make sure people know where they need to be um, for uh, for uh, their photos. So I hope that that has answered your question. I've gone a big, long, windy, windy way um, about answering it, but hopefully that has answered. Um, hey, Jenny. And this is for, from Lauren. Uh, would you recommend doing the speeches in the drinks reception? Now, I had the fabulous Tig, who I absolutely love, from Tankard's Town House in here a number of weeks ago with me. And we spoke about speeches in length. And he told me beforehand, don't keep going on about speeches and asking me about them because I think they should be after the dinner. And absolutely, um, I completely understood where he was coming from. Uh, from the hotel's point of view, from the wedding venue's point of view, it does really work for them if you have your speeches at the very end of the meal. However, I also understand that it's not easy for people to get up and speak in public. Um, and I have had people absolutely ruin the wedding day with the fact that they're totally stressed um, and they're worried sick about standing up there and giving a speech. And then they have to go in, they have to sit into a room and they have to wait until all the meal is over and then they have to stand up in front of everybody and speak. So do I think they can be done in the drinks reception? 150 million percent. Yes. Um, now, the hotel may come back to you and say, but we're still ringing the bell at half five. So if you want to have your drinks at the drinks reception, you need to start those speeches at about five o'clock because they do take about 30 minutes. Um, now, very, very, very seldom do I come across speeches where they're only on for 10 minutes and that's like two minutes each. So generally who speaks at a wedding? And I get asked this all the time, who has to speak? So generally you would have the father of the bride, the father of the groom, the best man and the groom and the bride if she wants to speak. Now, so there are five people. Now, a lot of the time the bride doesn't get up to speak. I spoke at my wedding. I think you should absolutely get up and say a few words. Why wouldn't you? You're getting married. But if you don't want to, I understand that too. Um, and then if the father of the groom is too nervous, I've often seen a brother getting up and speaking for him. And that's lovely too. And people in the room understand that if he doesn't want to get up, they know him. They know your dad. They know that, you know, he's not one of these people who likes to get up and talk in front of like 150 people. So they're the people who speak. So, yes, it's absolutely OK to do your speeches uh, at your drinks reception. Uh, so there you go. So hopefully that answered your question. Uh, let me see. Can you recommend steamer? Three months to go. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Somebody else asked me here. Emma. Hello, Emma. Mother of the bride and mother of the groom outfits. Jenny, where are we going to go and what should they be wearing? So like there's lots of questions there, um, Emma. So I would always suggest, first of all, when it comes to the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom outfit, there's all sorts of traditions that used to be out there that you used to have to wear pastel colours that the bride and groom, the bride's mother, the groom's mother shouldn't be in the same colour. Well, probably not, you know, like ask each other what colour you're wearing. Um, is there a, 
any sort of a colour palette on the day. Now, you don't have to go down the route of having a colour palette. Please don't start, you know, thinking, oh God, the bridesmaids dresses have to match the groom's tie and all that business. That's, you don't have to do that. Um, but have you gone for some sort of a colour scheme? So think about the bridesmaids dresses. So say if the bridesmaids dresses like are like a nice shade of kind of sage green, you know, you're not going to put a clashing colour with those bridesmaids dresses. So maybe talk to the mums and say, look, this is the colour of the bridesmaids dresses. And what colour suits the mum of the groom and the mum of the bride? So there are certain colours that just wouldn't suit me. Like lemon colour isn't great with me because I've blonde hair, but lemon colour would be lovely with somebody who has dark hair. Um, and then just kind of think of what sort of colours suit you? What sort of styles do your mums like? So again, I'll just go back to my own son's wedding. Um, uh, it was back in June of last year. And I didn't want to go out and get that sort of typical mother of the groom or mother of the mother of the groom, but that mother of the uh, look, because I <laughs> what style do I have? You know, like my body shape is very important as well when it comes to picking an outfit. So like I would be sort of like a size 10 on top and a size 12 on, on the bottom. So it's very difficult for me to pick a dress that's going to fit me because I'm two bloody different sizes. So generally I would have to go with um, a top and a bottom uh, or a dress that's fitted in here at the waist and goes out, which is what I had to do with my own wedding dress. I thought I'm not going for one of those dresses that goes right out. I don't want to be mutton dressed as lamb. And that's what I ended up going for because it fit my body shape well. So I did the same for my son's wedding. Um, I'm absolutely going to say this out loud. I gave myself an afternoon to go out and uh, pick up something for my son's wedding. Now, wouldn't you think I'd know better? I went into town at Martin. I went, I have three hours to do this. No problem. <laughs> and I did it, but it was very stressful. So I don't recommend that anybody does that. Make a day of it, make a weekend of it, you know, go and visit a few different shops. But I found the, the dress that I liked. So that's what I did. I went for a dress, which was quite nice. Um, and it did go in at the waist and it went down and it was sort of three quarter length. So it went down below my knee. It was in between sort of, you know, um, my knee and uh, my ankle. So it was a nice length and I loved it and I felt very glamorous in it. Um, so think about uh, the colour palette. If there's a colour palette, think about the bridesmaids dresses. Um, think about what colour suits the mum of the groom and the mum of the bride. Um, and also think about what colours suit them as well. So and where to go, like there's lots of different places that you can go for mother of the bride and mother of the groom outfits. And if you, I could, I could mention like 55 million shops here and now, but if you do a Google, you'll find them. Um, I might just bring in somebody who is an expert on um, mother of the bride and mother of the groom outfits shortly on one of my podcasts. But for now, I would just say, put it into Google. Um, but please bear in mind all of those tips that I've just given you about, about um, mother of the groom, mother of the bride outfits, because they're really important. And those two people are very, very important people to have around you on your wedding day. Um, and coming up to the wedding day itself, because they do give you lots of help and take the help, take the advice. Some of it might be too much. I do have a little um, message here asking me about mother-in-law uh, being a bit of a pain in the ass and how do I get around it? Now, can I just be really straight here? And maybe that person is a pain in the ass and she's the mother of the groom. I hear this a bit, not a lot, but I do hear it a bit. And um, I would ask you girls to stop and think, um, you may not love your husband's mother or your other half's mother, right? But 
her son is getting married as well as you, you know, so you, you, there's an awful lot of talk about mother of the bride. I believe that the mother of the groom is as important as the mother of the bride. And there you have it. I'm just giving you my opinion. Um, her child is also getting married and that is her child. He will always be her child. So include her as much as you can. She might drive you up the wall and back down again, but include her as much as you can. Like you don't have to bring her for the wedding dress, you know, shopping if you don't want to. But there's lots of other stuff that you can include her um, in. And please, please, please bear that in mind and think about your husband-to-be as well. Think about how he would feel if you included his mum. Um, so that's my opinions. They're my tips. They're my answers to your questions. Thank you so much for sending me in your questions. I'm Like I said, I'm doing this one th- once a month and I'll put out another call in a few weeks time for more questions to be sent uh, in to me. But for now, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to send me in your questions. I hope you got some helpful information from the answers and the tips I have given. Now, it's competition time, everyone. Would you like to be the lucky winner of a double serum and double serum eye from Clarence? All you have to do is comment on the post on my Instagram page, Jenny McCarthy 8 And I will announce the winner on Instagram next Wednesday. Chat to you all again next week. Bye.